In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Well, hello, friends. This is In the Lab. I'm Drew Doherty in my house, and that's John Harris. Uh, he's with E.T. on E.T.'s mm-hmm. spaceship in the woods getting picked up. Phone home. Yeah, yeah he, he's somewhere. I don't know where, but he's somewhere here. So uh, I will find him. I will find him. This and I will be. phone his home because he, that's what he wants me to do. All right, here's what we got today. We're going to do something called What If I Told You? Something new here on the In The Lab podcast. We're going to look ahead and have one non-negotiable apiece for this Sunday against the Steelers. What the Texans must do, non-negotiable, to win the ballgame. And then I'm throwing a curveball at you, and I'm involving one of my sons, and he's going to ask us a random question. But we start things off with, what if I told you, John? And I love uh, 30 for 30, so do you. Yeah. We eat it up whenever it comes out. We love it. Yep. So good, it's such such good stuff. But that that's that man's voice. I don't know who voices it, but the what if I told you? And then he goes in yeah. with the. So what if I told you, John, that on Sunday, the Texans would sack Lamar Jackson four times? What if I told you that they'd hold the Ravens to about thirty five percent on third down? Uh, 36% if you want to get nitpicky about it, but still 36% on third down. What if I told you those two things? Would you be feeling good about a Texans victory? I would ask back because you always got to answer a question with the question, right? Yep. How many times did we turn it over? And then you would tell me three and I would be like, it probably didn't work out for us. Yeah. Because you're right. And it's interesting, Drew, because we've not done this twice now. When we've talked about the previous week, we've talked about the things that we didn't really expect. We didn't expect the Texans to hold Patrick Mahomes to 211 passing yards uh, to really kind of curtail the passing game of the Chiefs, and yet the Texans lost that game. Gave up 34 points, but seven they got off – they got a field goal off the – the long uh, onside kick return, and then they got a touchdown off the interception. So, you know, that's 10 points at 34. 33 points the other day, 14 were pretty much a direct result of turnovers, the fourth down conversion I called turnover, and then the true turnover, the fumble that was returned for a touchdown. So, uh, yeah, you know, the, the diving further, this defense has actually done some things that people didn't think it could do. You nailed it. Could they hold Patrick Mahomes under you know, 250 yards passing? Heck, 300 yards passing. They did that. I should have, I should have, I should have thrown this in, too, in the what if I told you. That what yeah. if I told you the Ravens only had 177 passing yards? You'd have felt pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, what was the, what was the concern we had going into this year, really? The secondary. And yeah. in all honesty, the, the secondary has not given up big plays down the field. Um, they, they haven't been – pristine and perfect but they've done a really nice job I think overall kind of keeping everything in front coming up and making tackles I think the front has done some good things but the run game and the thing is is I felt like for the most part through three quarters I feel like the the Texans were sort of holding their own against the the Ravens running game but then the fourth quarter the dam broke yeah and Gus Edwards got rolling 
Um, and that really kind of opened things up. Then you have Ingram's 30-yard run. You had Gus Edwards, who I think had all of his yards, maybe in the late third, early fourth, or fourth quarter. Um, and then Dobbins had his 44-yard run in the fourth quarter. So it was like he got to that fourth quarter, and it was like a combination of you ran out of gas, and with four able bodies to run the ball for the, for the, uh, for the Ravens with Dobbins, with uh, Mark Ingram, with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson, well, they, can, they wore you down. Yeah. And they wore the Texans down, and that really, I think, was the difference in the fourth quarter outside of the three turnovers the Texans offense had. All right, so that's going to move us on to the Steelers game. Let's forget this Ravens stuff. Texans are 0-2. they got to get a win. It's not going to be easy going up to Pittsburgh, but it's interesting. A guy who's covered that, that team, that city, for a long, long time, he's very outspoken about many things, but yep. he's an OG. I think you kind of you got to take everything he says, and you know, there's some weight to it. Yep. Mark Madden, he, he said the Steelers have had their preseason. They've played two preseason games. Now, he's going a little bit dramatic there, but they played uh, the Broncos and they played the Jets, and the, those teams are – struggling they're they're in the yep. valley right now and they won and they won handily he was saying hey on the flip side the Texans have played the two best teams in the NFL maybe so now this is the first real test I don't know part of me wants to think boy this this is could this could be some sunshine coming the Texans way because maybe we have seen the very best of the best and the Texans maybe they can they can pull off a win on the road it's going to be hard but I got to go back to this non-negotiable of mine and it's nothing groundbreaking it's nothing new but they have to get better at the turnover takeaway ratio the the turnover margin because they've been abysmal this season and they've been bad about it since about week six week five of last year they were sort of right around the middle of the pack holding their own maybe not one above one below for the most part and then it was just a steady downward trend and they managed to win 10 games in spite of all that yep but that's kind of an outlying thing. You don't normally win all those games when you're, when you're underwater turnover-wise. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if it's picks. I don't care if it's fumbles. I don't care if you don't do anything and don't turn the ball over or you right. turn it over once but you get more. You just got to get ahead in that, that, that margin. And I think, knock on wood, you're probably going to win a game. I'm not going to guarantee it because we saw the Texans last year. They won a bunch of games without doing that. And yeah. I don't think that's the steady – consistent way to win but they gotta do something and I think they they can do something because we've seen in his history Ben Roethlisberger he can get picked off you know he can get careless with the ball we've seen it happen when the Texans played Ben Roethlisberger eight nine years ago how much different a player is he versus 2011 well pretty different but he's still very very savvy he can still get the job done and this is another test for the Texans on the road John what's your non-negotiable Texans gotta do to win the game well I mean, I think the biggest thing is they've got to run the football. And I know that sounds simplistic. And you talk to the analytics guys, the analytics guys are like, ah, you can't, you don't have to establish the run. You don't have to do this. But I think that comment works for some teams and not for others. I think this Texans team needs to run the ball. It's constructed to be able to run the football. And it just hasn't. And I think they've got to pound the rock. Hopefully, Duke Johnson will be healthy and ready to go. I still would like to see what C.J. Procise could do. But they ran the ball, I think, 11 times with David Johnson the other day for, I think, 34 yards. Deshaun, I think, had it for seven or eight. He didn't really have his normal 35 to 40 
uh, that he usually gets. But even at that point, you know, David had no room. Nothing was there against the Ravens. And that's got to change. And it's not going to be easy against the Steelers, but you got to knock some dudes off the ball. And I know the Steelers are tough against the run. They're tough just defensively. But the way this team is constructed and defensively to give that unit a break, to give them time to sit on the sidelines and rest before they have to go back out and face uh, a, a solid offense in the Steelers led by Ben, you've got to give them time. You've got to give them an opportunity. You've got to take the margin for error out of Deshaun's hands for a little bit. I mean, he's trying to carry. He's like, he's got the backpack and it's just, you know, it's like the little little kid in seventh grade who's like 50 pounds and he's carrying his backpack around. He's just like, oh, he's like leaned over like this. And I'm like, he, as good as Deshaun is, he, the, his best friend can be the running game. And they just haven't been able to run the ball effectively like they should with this offensive line. Now, offensive line-wise, that group's got to really get its act together. They can't have four guys stepping one way to run and one guy going the wrong way. You know, that happened against the Ravens. They've got to be on point. So underlying my non-negotiable about the running game, my subset would be, you got to quit making the silly mistakes and you got to quit making the big mistakes. You talk about turnovers. You had the interception against the Chiefs. That went back. That return led to a short field and a touchdown. You fumble. That led to a touchdown. You didn't convert on fourth down, which is truly on the offense. To me, that's a turnover. That was a short field for the Ravens. That led to a touchdown. I give the defense credit because it eliminated one of the turnovers' impact because sudden change defense was perfect. Deshaun threw the interception. Defense went out, three and out. Got the yeah. ball back, went down and kicked the field goal before halftime. So big. the defense absorbed the blow of that third turnover but then turned around and was able to stop them on a three-and-out situation. So it was good work by the defense there, but you can't put the defense – you can't consistently put the defense on a short field. The defense not expect them to give up points. Swinging its sword, taking a step back, defending, you know, the onrush, and yeah. then finally they got backed up against the wall and it was it. I mean, that's yeah. – they did their job and then – but you can only do your job so many times before right. an offense like that, much less any offense, but an offense like that, has its way. All right, those are the two non-negotiables. Now we're going to get random. Okay, John, you know this. Many of the listeners know this. Watchers know this. I have four little children, twins that are seven, a boy and a girl, a five-year-old boy, and then a two-year-old girl. So one-on-one time with each of the kids is kind of sparse. We try to do it, you know, but it's just tough, you know, when my wife works as well. Uh, A part-time job, but, you know, we both work. It's tough to have one-on-one time. However, uh, I had to go pick something up across – you know, about five, 10 minutes away a week or so ago. Yeah. Robert, my oldest, my seven-year-old, he was with me. It was just the two of us. So Robert got in the car first. And as I was getting in, I think Robert in his mind was basically like this. He's like, and when the car ignition started, he was like a machine gun with questions. <laughs> I mean, question after question after question. Yeah. It was all football stuff because he's gotten oh, into football. Cool. And it's good. I like it. It's really good. Yeah. But it's like, oh, that's a good – I don't mm, – well, yeah, I'm answering these questions. Answering these questions. <laughs> Out of nowhere – and he's basically asking, like, about Texans personnel, some rules stuff, you know, basically staying within the wheelhouse, pretty easy. And then out of nowhere he goes, 
What's the biggest play in NFL history? So, John, I answered, after some thought, I racked my brain. I went with the catch, Montana to Clark to win the, the NFC way back when in 82, yep. 81. I thought that was a good one, but there's so many. You, know, you can go with Unitas to Amici in that game. There's, there's other But that's what I went with, and he, he thought for a beat, and then he said this. Well, I don't think so. So Robert doesn't really think so, even though he doesn't know too much NFL history. But I chose the catch. What is your biggest play in NFL history? Do you have one? The one to me that always will stand out because when I was Robert's age, I lived in Wisconsin. I moved to Texas when I was 11. And when I was growing up in Wisconsin, I think it was probably mandatory of all coaches' sons at least to learn the history of the Green Bay Packers. And so – it was one yard, and that was it. The ice bowl. One yard, but that to me was Bart Starr with a sneak in the ice bowl. Now, a lot of people will say Franco Harris' immaculate reception. That's a good one, yeah. I think one that will grow in stature maybe through the years, the further we get away from it, is Malcolm Butler's interception against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because that was about as improbable as it gets. Just the Seahawks throwing the ball, being down there. The type of game it was, it was an incredible football game. Malcolm Butler's story coming from West Georgia, being an undrafted free agent. Somehow he's on the field that game because uh, the, the Patriots DBs aren't playing exceptionally well. And they decided, you know what, let's give Malcolm a shot. And somehow he's in the right spot at the right time. And they just happened to work on that exact play against Malcolm in practice that week. And he couldn't stop it. But the one time he needed to, he did stop it. So from that perspective, I, you know, the Bart Starr sneak against the Cowboys because it was beating the Cowboys too in the ice bowl was one that will always remember because that was the first time that a team won three championships in a row, the Packers led by Vince Lombardi. But man, that, that interception by Malcolm Butler is one that I, it's, Man, that's a hard one to beat from especially recent times. Those are really both excellent choices. I got to follow up and just kind of add in my own little personal note on the the Ice Bowl one. So a long time ago, 2000 and 2004, I produced a few TV shows at a station in Dallas called TXCN, Texas Cable News. They're all sports shows. At the end of my time there, I was filling in as a sports anchor. But mainly I was a producer. And one of those shows that I produced was Cadillac Texas Legends in Sports, and it was awesome. We came down here to Mary Lou Retton's house in Houston. We came to oh, yeah. Rudy Tomjanovich's house in Houston. We went down to Austin, interviewed Daryl Royal. We went down oh, to Goliad, wow. yeah. spent some time with Bum Phillips. But I think the biggest sort of get for us, we went to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we did the first televised interview with Don Meredith in 20 years. He hadn't done anything wow. on TV, really since he left Monday Night Football back in 1984, yeah. 1985-ish. He was awesome. I, you know, I kind of had a connection to him because he played at SMU way yeah. back when in late 50s. So I went to SMU, and I thought that was really neat. But we talked at length about that, that game, the Ice Bowl. Yeah. And he said, basically, he said, like, the weather that day was like a 12th and 13th man for the Packers because that offense of the Cowboys, they had Bullet Bob Hayes, who's a Hall yep. of Famer. Averaged about 21 yards a catch. I mean, they couldn't go deep. Bob Hayes spent the whole time 
with his hands in that little in his pants. pouch because his hands yeah. were cold. So that eliminated so much of their offense. And yep. it was interesting hearing Don Meredith. He said like his, his coffee froze. He had set it next to the windowsill yep. in his hotel room and it froze. He was still inside and it froze. But yeah, that's, that's a great choice. Uh, but let's go to Robert. Let's see what he thinks about your choice. Well, I don't think so. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he's got something better, even though he doesn't know what it is. So that's, how, <laughs> that's, that's seven-year-olds, you know. Anyway, well, this yeah. is fun. I hope you stay dry because while we're shooting this, it's raining. All four of my kids have been home. I, I managed to pull this off miraculously. T's and yeah. P's, man. T's and P's to you and the fam. Yes, yeah. And I will talk to you again very, very soon. This has been In the Lab.